Well, good morning. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, we are so glad to be gathered here this morning. Let's take a look at the announcements real quick. You'll see under ongoing events, we have choir tonight. Uh, you'll see the dates for our next uh, Methodist men and Methodist women meetings. Next Sunday, after service, we're going to do a barbecue lunch. Uh, so you'll have uh, lunch afterwards. So come prepared to eat. Invite anybody and everybody. Uh, we would love to, to have all those come and uh, join us for that meal. Uh, Ash Wednesday is March 2nd at 7 o'clock. Monday, Thursday is April 14th at 7. Uh, and our Lent study uh, is getting started on March 8th. Uh, and that is Savior, what the, Bible, uh, what the Bible Says About the Cross by McGray de Vega. And those are going to be on the Tuesday starting March 8 at 6. Uh, are there any other announcements this morning? All right, seeing no other announcements, let us open with a word of prayer. So let us pray. Loving God, we come before you today seeking your blessing and your protection from the allure of sin. Heal us with your love, that we might love one another. Show us the truth we have found in Jesus. Embolden our courage that we may seize the opportunities you place before us. Strengthen our resolve to spread your word and ways. And remind us that your guidance is always present through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us sing our song of preparation, number 140, Great is Thy Faithfulness.
You may be seated. We now take time this morning to lift up our joys and our concerns so that we can pray with and for one another. So what joys and concerns do we have this morning to add to the list? We do have, uh, this morning in Sunday School Assembly, we had Chandler Wood. Um, it's uh, a, the son of a friend of Janice uh, that's in the hospital. He was in a bad accident, uh, and they're not expecting him to recover. Um, so just prayers for them uh, and the family as they're having to deal with that and making hard decisions. Um, we need to remember Jerry and Wanda Jean Haywood. Um, Jerry's been in and out of the hospital, and Wanda Jean fell uh, and broke her hip, right, Benny? Yeah, broke her hip. So um, she's had her surgery, and she's, they're, they're both home and recovering, but we just need to pray for them as they are going through the healing process and the family as they're you know, having to figure out all the logistics of taking care of them. So uh, we just need to remember them uh, this morning. Uh, so if there's no others to add this morning, let us take our prayers to the Lord. So let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we have again come this morning gathered to worship, gathered to take just a moment from the busy world, gathered to fellowship and be with our family here. And Lord, this morning as we come, we've come with those things that are on our hearts. We've come with just issues on our mind. We've come with celebrations and thank yous for what you have given us. And Lord, as we look at our list this morning, this list is who we know right now. And Lord, we lift everyone on this list up to you. We lift every name that is on our hearts that is left unspoken out loud, but you know what their name is and what their circumstances are. So Lord, this morning we give them to you. We ask for your healing, we ask for your comfort and your peace and your blessings on each and every person that we hold near and dear to us. And Lord, as we come this morning, we have this threat of war, this threat of conflict. So Lord, we ask, especially today, Lord, that you grant peace that you be with the leaders of these countries as they make decisions for what is next. Lord, we lift them up to you, asking for your guidance, asking that you protect those in the line of danger. Lord, as we have taken time away. Help us to hear your voice. Help us to hear and to, to do and to be those that you have called us to be. And Lord, this morning as we have gathered, we, we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, that he taught the disciples that generations have prayed 
both saints and sinners. So Lord, this morning we come humbly before you and pray the prayer that was taught to us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we continue this morning, our first scripture reading comes from the Psalms. It's Psalm 37, verses 1 through 11, that can be found on um, page 772 of your hymnals. So let us join together in reading Psalm 37. Do not be angry because of the wicked. Do not be envious of wrongdoers. They will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so you will dwell in the land and enjoy security. Take delight in the Lord, who will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in God, who will act, bringing forth your vindication as the light and your right as the noonday. Heal and wait patiently before the Lord. Do not be angry because of those who prosper in their way, because those who carry out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Do not be angry. It leads only to evil. The wicked shall be cut off. Those who wait for the Lord shall possess the land. Yet a little while, and the wicked will be no more. Though you look at their place, they will not be there. For the meek shall possess the land and delight in abundant prosperity. Amen. As we continue this morning, we are always grateful for those offerings of gifts that have been given for the ministry here at Lovejoy. So let me offer this prayer uh, in our offering and our responses to God's gifts. So let us pray. Oh God, your goodness and generosity are limitless and eternal. We bring before you our gifts as echoes of our generosity, that we may be used for good. We know that it is more blessed to give than to receive. May our giving be a sign of this blessing for others and for our course in faith. Amen. This morning, our Old Testament lesson comes from Genesis Genesis chapter 45, verses 3 through 11, and verse 15. Hear now these words from Genesis. Joseph said to his brothers, I'm Joseph. Is my father really still alive? His brothers couldn't respond because they were terrified before him. Joseph said to his brothers, Come closer to me. And they moved closer. 
He said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold to Egypt. Now don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves that you sold me here. Actually, God sent me before you to save lives. We've already had two years of famine in the land and there are five years left without planting or harvesting. God sent me before you to make sure you'd survive and to rescue your lives in this amazing way. You didn't send me here. It was God who made me a father to Pharaoh and master of this entire household and a ruler of the whole land of Egypt. Hurry, go back to your, fa to your father. Tell him this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me master of all of Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay. You may live in the land of Goshen, so you will be near me. Your children, your grandchildren, your flocks, your herds, and everyone with you. I will support you there, so you, your household, and everyone with you won't starve, since the famine will still last five years. He kissed all of his brothers and wept, embracing them. After that, his brothers were finally able to talk to him. And our gospel lesson this morning from the, comes from the gospel according to Luke. Chapter 6, we are continuing in this um, sermon on the plains, as it is called. And we're going to be starting at verse 27 and going through verse 38. So here now, the gospel according to Luke. But I say to you who are willing to hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer them the other one as well. If someone takes your coat, don't withhold your shirt either. Give to everyone who asks and don't demand your things back from those who take them. Treat people in the same way that you want them to treat you. If you love those who love you, why should you be commended? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, why should you be commended? Even sinners do that. If you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, why should you be commended? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be paid back in full. Instead, love your enemies, do good, and lend expecting nothing in return. If you do, you will have a great reward. You will be acting the way children of the Most High act, and for He is kind to grateful and wicked, ungrateful and wicked people. Be compassionate, just as your Father is compassionate. Don't judge, and you won't be judged. Don't condemn, and you won't be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good portion, packed down, firmly shaken, and overflowing, will fall into your lap. The portion you give will determine the portion you receive in return. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, as we have come this morning and sung your praises and heard your, and read your scriptures, Lord, 
continue to speak to us now as we listen to your message. So may the words of your servant's mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We are finishing the series on the art of hearing. And in this series, we have been looking at what it means to hear and to listen and to attend to God's spirit in every situation. And that the art of hearing requires practice, discipline, and intentionality. So just as a quick recap, we first talked about hard of hearing. And this is what Mihi Kim Court calls getting lost and overwhelmed by all the voices around us. Especially the ones that try to shape our perspectives on our own stories. Both helpful and destructive. It is also how people are sometimes hard of hearing when it comes to the challenge and provocation of the gospel. When it comes to the boundaries we put up around our identities, around our communities, and around the stories we even tell about ourselves. And then we talked about hearing is believing. That God's living word alters the lives of those who hear and heed it. For followers of the living word, life is never and can never be the same. Life is altered forever. And then last week we talked about hearing and healing. And Mihi Kim Court says, God's voice makes us alive. God's voice formed us and shaped us, but it does something to us. It continues to give us what we need to be alive. And how that hearing and healing is what we need, not exactly what we want as far as a healing goes. And this week we come to the end with hearing one another. Again, Kim Court says, we all have voices. We all have the literal voice that we have. Some are high-pitched, some are gravelly, some are soft, and, and so on and so forth. But we also have a voice, as in a perspective, an experience, a story. And it's these voices that matter. Now, at some point in our lives, we may have or will have to sit through a story that we have heard too many times to count, a story from someone whose voice may just grind on our last nerve as they're telling this story, a story that we don't want to hear because it's of a different opinion than ours. We may have to sit through a story that makes us uncomfortable or angry, maybe even a story that leaves us with more questions than answers. But each of these stories that we hear is special to the teller, and they can change people's lives and assumptions and beliefs and values and maybe even their faith. So it is important to listen even when we don't really want to. And this goes all the way back to the beginning of the series about being hard of hearing. We've got to quit being selective hearing. I'm terrible at it. I can, I can tune people out, especially my family. My, my wife will tell you, she's already up here, mm, uh-huh. Yeah, I, I'll tell on myself. I'll tell on myself. I, I, sometimes I don't hear. 
Sometimes it's because I don't want to. Sometimes it's because I'm focused on something else. But it's usually something that I need to hear, even though she's screaming it across the house. But it's okay. Because she usually gets my attention at some point. And God does the same thing. When we're hard of hearing God, he'll get your attention one way or another. And then you're going to have to listen. And you're going to have to to sit down and endure whatever that listening entails. Whether it's pain, whether it's a healing, an opening of a wound that it needs to be rehealed. God will get our attention. The scriptures that we have been hearing over the past couple of Sundays is, is part of what the scholars call the Sermon on the Plain. Susan Highland says, In this segment of the Sermon on the Plain, Jesus prescribes an ethic of generosity for Christian living in a, whole, in a hostile world. Now, she calls... Uh, um, he calls, as in Jesus, calls his listeners to love their enemies, to bless and give even to those who curse and take, that his hearers are taught to behave in a way considered imprudent by many, sowing generosity where nothing is expected to grow. Jesus rejects the advice that would have been more common, that one should give to those who will respond appropriately. Even sinners do such things, Jesus says. Jesus challenges the listener to a much higher standard than the world. You see, in in this text today, Jesus is calling for the disciples, because that's who he's actually talking to. The crowds are there and overhearing, but he's talking to the disciples, and he's telling them to listen to what he is throwing down in more modern-day vernacular. Listen to what I'm saying. Jesus is saying that the world has it wrong. Do you understand? The world has it wrong that preserving the status quo, that expecting something in return and looking to give in order to receive is out. That's not what you need to be doing. Jesus is saying that a follower of Christ has to live differently, has to act differently, has to be different. From the way the world works. But we still have to live in this world. We've always, we've heard the the saying that actions speak louder than words. Actions do in this case. The actions of loving your neighbor, even the ones that you really don't like, make a bigger difference than the words that anyone could say. This and this this expression of living differently, it is and is not about the things that we say and do and believe. It is not in the way of putting on a persona, for say, or a front or a mask, because we like to hide behind things a lot. You know, we, if, if you're an introvert, you don't like to tell people what's going on. You, you kind of hold it close to the chest. You'll tell maybe some family members. But then when you're out in the world, when somebody walks by and says, 
How you doing? I'm fine. I'm good. No worries. But what would it mean if when we actually saw somebody and said, how are you doing? Or had somebody say, how are we, how are we doing? If we actually told them how we were doing. You would probably shock the mess out of that person. They would probably be like, wait a minute, I got to stop and listen. Hang on. I was just, I was expecting that I'm fine and just keep on trucking. But what if we actually told one another how we were doing? Not to brag, not to bring anybody down, but to just have somebody to tell that I'm not doing good, that I'm struggling today, that it's just been an off week. I've had all this stuff go wrong, or it's been a good week. I've had all this stuff go right. We're in a fast-paced world. A world that we're right now just going in and getting out as fast as we can. You know, we don't really take time to listen to one another. So we have to orientate our lives in such a way that causes a change in the way that one actually lives. That it changes how we perceive and acknowledge and interact with one another and with society in general. You see, to truly hear one another, we do have to listen to one another. Now, when I thought of Now, at one point, I really thought I knew how to listen, that I was a good listener because everybody always came and talked to me. They'd come tell me what's going on, even if I didn't ask. I was a terrible listener because I didn't pay attention. I wasn't really listening. And it wasn't really that I understood that I was not doing it right until I hit undergrad now, let me tell you, undergrad was only about eight years ago. Um, just, it's not 25 years ago, it's eight years ago. And I sat in this class I was taking for church leadership minor. And we were going through the book by Stephen Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective, highly effective People. And habit five is, is to seek first to understand and then to be understood. Now, this habit is all about mutual understanding and centers around how one listens and processes what they hear. Now, this habit calls one to listen empathetically. And the guidebook that we use said this, it is reflecting what a person feels and says in your own words. It is not listening to advise to counsel, to reply, to refute, to solve, to fix, to change, to judge, to agree, to disagree, to question, to analyze, or to figure it out. Now, when you're sitting and listening to a story, what are you listening to do? I was always listening to respond. How was I going to respond to the story that they were going to tell me? And when I sat in this class, I understood that I don't need to be listening to respond, I need to be listening to understand. 
to hear what they're actually saying. And once they're done talking, to say, okay, this is what I'm hearing you say. And basically asking them, is, is that what you were, were saying? So there's no miscommunication. There's no, nothing in there that puts something that shouldn't be there. So to hear one another, we have to know how to listen. Now, several weeks ago, the Duke Divinity School had a virtual seminar, and this was about kenotic listening. And this is something that uh, Reverend Susan Pendleton Jones uh, kind of developed. Uh, and it's, it's about types of listeners. And she talked about a listen, types of listeners that are poor listeners. Now, and I'm, I'm several of these all in one. Uh, the first one is the fidgeter. Now, I fidget. You know, if I'm having to listen, I have to have something. I've got rocks in my pockets. I'll, you know, I'll stick my hand in my pocket and rub a rock when I'm listening to somebody. I have to, it's hard for me sometimes to, to listen. I have to fidget. Then you have the drifter, one that just kind of drifts in and out. You know, those are, those are, are, are difficult ones too because you hear only pieces of what's going on. Then you have the interrupter. This is the one who won't let you finish the story. It finishes the story for you. Then you have the multitasker. Now, the multitasker is the one that is most prominent today, especially now that we're behind screens a lot of the times. She told a story of how, you know, somebody would call her and she needed stuff to do, so she'd put them on speakerphone and just keep right on working while they're talking. Now, that wasn't the best kind of listening, she said, but sometimes, you know, it was just I had to and just let them talk because they just needed to talk. But I wasn't being a good listener. Then they have the story stealer. So when you're telling somebody, you're telling somebody a story or somebody's telling you a story, you start stealing their story and start telling your own. So you're not really listening. Then you have the story topper. Somebody's always got a one-up. You know, I caught a fish this big. Nope, I caught one this big. You know, it's, it's, that, it's that fish story. Then you have the judge. Well, that's a, you know, you're sitting in the back of your mind, mm, that's not good for them, I'm sorry. You know, and you're judging them for what they're saying. And the last one she says is the advisor. The one who just wants to give advice. And that's what they're doing. But she reminded us in the seminar about James 1.19. says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to grow angry. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to grow angry. And as the seminar went on, she named some good ways that people are taught to listen. You have your holy listening. You have an empathetic listening. And you have an active listening. And then she talked about her form of listening that she kind of developed because of a situation that she had between one of her friends and that the listening that went on back and forth there. And she calls it kenotic listening. And she based this off the Greek word of kenosis, which is translated as emptied. An emptied listening. 
And she said that canonic listening is about being fully embraced, fully heard, and fully acknowledged by the hearer. That the hearer is in this deep, clear, pure, and fully present state. Just listening, but being present within that. Giving all your attention to that one thing you're listening to. That's hard. It's hard to do sometimes. Because our minds like to wander. Somebody will say a word and it'll trigger, trigger a memory. And, you know, we drift off into that memory for a minute, then we have to come back. But she said this friend that she had didn't do that. They just kind of emptied themselves in the moment and just was fully present. So hearing one another is about how we listen and how we respond. Charles Bug says, our response to others is not predicated on their behavior. He says, our response, in fact, is diametrically opposed to the way others treat us. Jesus' response is to do good to those who do bad to us. And that's easier said than done. It's hard to do something good for someone who did something bad to us or that's hurt us or hurt our friends or our family. So Jesus is telling us that we have to attend to what our natural instincts are telling us to do. Jesus is calling us for, to be a little less reactive. You know, you hear in business and stuff, you, you don't want to be a reactive business person and having to react to fires all the time. You want to be a little more proactive. You want to try to, to, to get to the problem before the problem even exists. You want to try to not have these fires that you're continually having to pull out because you'll never catch up being reactive. We have to have intentional action. Jesus showed us what intentional action is in a lot of his day-to-day -day situations interacting with those around us and that were around him. See, Bug tells us that according to Luke, Jesus indicates that followers of Christ remember how God responds to us. To be merciful, Jesus states, just as the Father is merciful. Jesus revealed the merciful God to us. So how do we hear one another? Well, hearing one another also does one other thing. It brings about reconciliation. It brings about this ability to build bridges, to possibly bring relationships back together, to heal wounds one has to both speak and to listen, to be heard and to be understood. Now, Kim Court says reconciliation is messy and complicated. It's never linear. 
Sometimes it, it's two steps forward and one step back. And yes, sometimes you do have to let the sun go down on your anger. But then you get up the next morning and you reset and you reboot and you try again. She continues by saying the miracle of our life together is that even while we may seem foreign and strange to one another, we are called together by the voice of God to hear one another's stories. We hear the voice of God in one another as we come together in conversation and experience the love that will not let us go. That love that is powerful enough to make enemies into friends. That's hard to do. And the disciples couldn't even do it. They struggled with making friends out of their enemies. They reacted to a lot of things that Jesus said and did. Peter, God bless Peter, he's the one that takes all the brunt for all the reactional stuff. He's the first one to speak up. He's the only one that jumped out of the boat to go see Jesus on the water. When they came to arrest Jesus, Peter immediately drew the sword to defend. Jesus is like, no. These people are not our enemies. They're our friends. The disciples and the generations and generations and generations of people following up to now have heard the stories. They've listened to one another. They've listened to the experiences of one another. And that's most likely why we're sitting here today. Because somebody told us a story, the story. And we heard it. And we have to continue to hear it over and over and over again. I can tell you when, when I preach lectionary, because that's what I follow is the lectionary text, every three years it recycles. And, you know, once you've preached it, you know, when you're in that fourth year and you're back to the, you know, what you preached that first year, it's like, what am I going to preach about this time? What do I hear that's new in the scriptures? Now, granted, the lectionary gives us four different scriptures every Sunday. So, you know, we have lots of sermons we can put together out of those. But how are we attuning to listening and I do that every week. I have to listen to the scriptures as I'm reading them. I have to listen to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I listen to the different authors and the different theologians that I read. And listen for the message. So I've developed the art of hearing. To hear and to listen and to attend to God's Spirit. And I do it really well when I'm prepping for a sermon, but I do it really bad sometimes when I'm out and about in the world. I don't do it in every situation. And we're not always going to be able to do it. Because sometimes we just want to be hard of hearing. 
Sometimes we just don't want to hear what God says because we're like, I don't want to do that. Or I'm being stubborn and hard-headed. I've got other things to do. But we've got to tune back into the Word of God and let it break down the boundaries that we have set up. We wouldn't be sitting here today if we didn't hear and believe. But hearing and believing the Word of God is also believing and heeding the life-altering words. They change who we are. They change how we do things. They also heal us. The Word of God heals us. It heals us from our human inclinations to make God fit into our little box. It doesn't matter how big the box is. God is always going to be outside it and overflowing it. Then we have to hear one another. We have to listen to one another's stories and hear the voice of God in one another. Because we are the children of God. So the art of hearing is about the love of God, the love that will never, ever, ever let us go. The love that is always there, the love that is powerful enough to break boundaries, the love that that led Jesus to the cross. And in two weeks, we move into the season of Lent. So as we move into this next season, let's rekindle the art of hearing. Let's figure out different ways that we can sit down and be with one another. We've struggled with this the past two years because we've been separated so much by so many things that it's hard to sit down and just listen and hear each other. So this year, I'm going to invite you, instead of giving up something for Lent, because we usually do something. We give up chocolate. We give up something we really, really like. So this year, I invite you to pick up something, to pick up something new, To maybe pick up a new devotional or pick a new time to do a different devotional. To take time to hear one another, to take time out and be with one another. So instead of giving something up, let's pick something up that is going to increase our faith. That's going to help us be the children that God has called us to be. The art of hearing is something that that we have to work at. But no matter how hard of hearing we are, God is always right there still telling us all the stories, still calling us to go to the places we don't want to go. 
So let us practice the hearing and the listening of what our God is calling us to do. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us uh, stand and sing our song of invitation, hymn of promise, number 707. Depart this place this day. Let us say our benediction together. Go with God's blessings. Followers of Jesus, we will love our enemies and do good to those who hate us. Go with God's blessings. As disciples of Christ, we will bless those who curse us and pray for those who persecute us. Go with God's blessings. As the people of the way, we will do unto others as we would have them do unto us. Go with God's blessings. May the forces of evil become confused on the way to your house.